Welcome to the Revive Podcast. I'm Carrie, pastor of Connection and Discipleship here at Neighborhood Church. Thanks for joining us. Psalm 138 verse 7 reflects, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. And God does over and over rescue and sustain us. So each week we create and curate resources to help people thrive in Christ. All available at neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive. So I am excited to be back here today. I'm here again, joined by Pastor Mike. Hello there. Yeah, and also Pastor Justin. Hey, Carrie. Good to have you guys back again and good to be back again. Uh, The rumors are true. I did have a child and if I doze off during this podcast, just uh, give me a shout out and I'll wake back up. (laughs) (laughs) That's the life, life with a newborn. But man, we, I'm glad to be here, and we're diving back into the passages um, from Sunday morning's sermon content. The main passage we were looking at was Exodus chapter 4, verse 1 through 18. So I encourage you listeners, as you're checking in, uh, go ahead and pause the podcast here. Go ahead and check out that passage. Read Exodus 4, 1 through 18, and then you can press play again here on the podcast, and we'll dive back into some extra content, some deeper things, and some ways we can apply that to our lives. So Hopefully you got a chance to listen to that. Here we dive in. Um, uh, Justin and Mike, I don't know which one of you might want to hit this. We were talking about ancient Egypt and Israel and the, the nature of what those cultures, what those nations were. What's unique about the biblical backgrounds of that context that made it hard for Moses to uh, respond to God's call to go back to Egypt or, or maybe even made it unique a unique call in his life. What do you guys think about that? Well, I'll go ahead and start off. It's, it's uh, the exciting part. We were just talking about Abraham and Abraham, God allowed him to form this incredible nation, grew huge and wonderful. I named the nation of Israel uh, and all of that. And they, they uh, famine had hit the land. There was food down in Egypt. So all of Israel moved down to Egypt and they lived uh, quite well together with Egypt uh, because uh, uh, one of God's chosen people were leading Egypt at the time, but uh, uh, it was a, a great relationship until there was a time where they knew not Joseph and um, Israel, the Hebrews became now slaves to Egypt. And we're not told exactly how that all came about, but it had been a number of years, 400 years uh, and the whole story of Moses came in where Moses was taken out, uh, raised in Egypt as a prince of Egypt, but yet also a son of uh, Abraham and uh, God chosen to be a deliverer. He got kicked out, went to the backside of the desert in Midian because he had killed an Egyptian and the Hebrews didn't like him and neither did Egypt. So he was uh, in the desert as we, as we talked on Sunday and started a whole new life. Yeah met a woman, got married, had kids. And then in Exodus chapter three, when Moses was about 80 years old, he sees this bush burning, but it's not being consumed. So he goes up and all of a sudden, God, Yahweh, the God of the universe, the great I am starts talking to him and, um, and tells him to go back to Egypt. You can imagine what Moses was feeling here he had fled there because they were going to try to kill him but also Hebrews didn't want him either 
but God's asking me to go back to something very uncomfortable. And that's the kind of the context of why. And I mean, I, I can't fault Moses for kind of going, ah, ah, yeah, yeah, but God, uh, mm, God yeah, you know, God, mm, maybe somebody else is better at this. Mm. That's kind of the whole context of where it is, but it's a lot of how we feel with things. God, there's got to be somebody better who can do the things you ask us to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think it's interesting, Mike, with the, uh, how <clears throat> Moses in some ways had two homes, but in other ways was homeless, right? But, yep. but he was raised in the palace. He had, you know, so he had a lot of training in some ways. He was uniquely equipped and placed to reach Pharaoh, but then he also, you know, killed the Egyptian in term in defending the Hebrew slave. And, but that didn't endear him to the Hebrews either. So he was, you know, in, in a sense, homeless, though yeah. having the potential of two homes. And yet he was kind of stuck in the middle, which would make it um, in your head, I, I wonder if you could see, yeah, this is perfect. I, I, I have what I need to, to do this, but emotionally and so much going on inside of a feeling rejected from every side, like this, that, it, that would be a, a, and, you know, Egypt's also this amazing superpower. They're the superpower of the world during that time as well. So there's a lot to intimidate as well as even if it makes sense in your head, I think there's a lot going on where it's like, this is just a little too much. I could see how he would go that way as well. Yeah. But so, so just, just let me take that a little bit further. And so why wouldn't he just jump at the opportunity? Why wouldn't he say, no, here's my opportunity to really make it, you know, to make a difference in the world, to really, you know, do something for God here. The God of the universe just asked me to do something incredible. I've seen him do miracles right before my eyes. Wow. Why didn't he just jump into it? Yeah, and it's true that, like, thinking about the background of the story there, here he is this adopted guy who wrestles with, uh, I was raised in this palace, but now I don't belong there, and I'm Hebrew, but they don't want me either, and I've I've murdered this Egyptian slave master, and so I've got that weighing on my conscience, and all those going on, and then here he is 80 as well, Mike, like you said, uh, gosh, who wants to accept a new call from the Lord when they're 80? right? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, sign me up for the new, uh, the new campaign overseas, you know, when I'm 80 years old. Um, I shout out to Richard Horn, who I think could totally answer any new call from God, because he's got such great energy <laughs> at his age, but that's not most of us. And so um, I wonder if also not only the, the impact from his past and having to overcome all those emotional things and feeling kind of like a third culture kid, as some of our missionaries talk, but he didn't belong anywhere, then again, he had also been in Midian for a good chunk of time. So he right. may have grown comfortable there. Life was potentially a lot easier there with his wife, kids, shepherding. There's no politics he has to worry about. No one, there's no price on his head out in Midian. Um, it may, it, I wonder if that's a little similar to our story too, where sometimes we can get into a place where we're comfortable and accepting God's call would kind of pull us out of that situation. Yeah, and it, and it could be a lot of other a lot of reasons, but it, there was something about it that scared him, mm. and uh, and that fear pushed him to start you know moving down a road that just seemed to be contrary to where God was leading him. And I just think if you know if there's one thing that has gripped us today, and you know in these times of pandemic, it's and political craziness and social unrest it's been fear. We're afraid. And fear is a huge uh, 
uh, reality in life today. But, but fear is also used by the enemy to, to shut us down and to pull us away and to stop us from doing what we should be doing. And, and uh, we need to be able, I love, I love the phrase of what fearless means. I was reading some uh, psychology today things and we're talking about moving from moving from fearful to fearless and it's really not you know just saying ah no fear you know i'm just going to release fear from myself it's actually leveraging that fear to becoming fearless is that you know it's not just denying because we're, we're all we're, we were afraid of things you know we we're we're nervous we're 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 anxious we're we're not sure about things and that but we need to let that fear to leverage that fear and, and to move it into a fearlessness where we can push forward. And I think a lot of that is found right in Moses' story here because we see him move from fearful to fearless in you know, just 17 verses. Well, I guess you can start back in, three, back in chapter three of Exodus, but in, in, in Exodus chapter four, you know, from one to 18 or one to 17, you see him wrestle, 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 wrestle. And then in verse 18, boom. He's going to be, he comes, becomes fearless. And then on the rest of the book, you see this fearless man standing before Pharaoh, standing before Israel and saying, boom, we're going. And, uh, um, and you see a resolve in him. And, and as time goes on, yeah, he had his moments <laughs> sure. as you read the story, but man, I sure hope you as, as listeners would read through the Bible book of Exodus, just take some chapters at a time. It's an incredible story. And I think you'll see yourself inserted in there because we're all fearful at some point. And at some point we need to leverage that fear and move it to a fearlessness. Yeah. yeah. I love, um, I, I just was struck in studying this of how, uh, how human it is. I don't, I don't know the right authentic is the word I guess I'm looking for, you know, like even, even verse 17 where he's, he finally says, okay, I'm going to give you um, Aaron to work with you and he's like and don't forget your stick as you're leaving you know yeah. that's how i took it it's just kind of like hey you're gonna need this you know um they're, they're just little things that really uh, bring out it just makes it a delightful story and it's really a, a pretty personal story for me as well I, I felt years ago back home in in washington state where i grew up and and my greatest ambition was to be a high school history teacher and a wrestling coach. Like that would have been it in my hometown. Like I loved where I lived, um, my friends, that whole life up there. And, and that would have been great, no doubt. But it was funny, just randomly, I felt, well, it wasn't randomly, but I don't know what, it, what brought it about. So it seemed randomly this heavy burden to go into missions, which I had no desire to travel anywhere or do anything like that. Like I, I would have been fine never leaving Washington. Um, and I had this just huge burden for missions and it was strange. And yet, um, so I'm wrestling with that, trying to dismiss that. And at that point, um, I happened to be reading this passage, which was just hilarious to me. And it wasn't like, I wasn't a Christian for a long time. I'd only been a Christian for a couple of years. So I didn't know my Bible enough to say, oh, I'm feeling called by God. So let me read about some callings from God. No, it was the kind of thing where, I just happened to be reading through the Bible in the book of Exodus. And as I'm having this crisis of God, you want me to be a missionary? Like I don't do snakes. I don't do jungles. Like, you know, I had a very, I, I don't speak. Like I don't do public speaking, um, all of those things, you know? And, and so um, not so much the snake thing, 
that still applies. But the public speaking thing, you know, God um, is very much into in what Moses is talking about. And uh, it, it was just funny that I, he just shut me up before I um, could get into it. I remember meeting, you know, uh, meeting with my youth pastor for breakfast to talk about this because this felt like a big deal. But I already knew everything that was going to be said because I had read Moses' story. And that was part of what I was going to share with him. So, you know, and then God's, you know, moved me in time through pastoral ministry, but still have a heart for missions and all of that. So this is a pretty, pretty uh, personal story for me and, and, you know, helping me even step through that fear to what God has. And that's obviously an ongoing process as well, because yeah. yeah, new challenges always come, but um, it, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting story uh, in my story for sure. Yeah, I love hearing your personal story in that, Justin. That's so cool to hear how God was working just through your regular reading of scripture. You know, it wasn't like, hey, here's a prescribed passage that uh, a church leader said, read this and then come back to me and think about what it means for your life. You were just reading scripture and it came up and wow, God used it to, to speak into your life. And, and here we are today. Like you, you're one of the <laughs> longest tenured pastors in neighborhood church that, uh, <laughs> yeah. that we can point to is still on staff. And I just think thinking back to what Mike had recommended that we do as well, just going back and reading the passage, you know, we, we the story of Moses and the Exodus is just so, so yeah. epic. Um, and all the backstory is just so cool. And like, yes, you know, you can uh, Netflix Charles Charleston Heston or watch that uh, that Christian Bale Exodus Moses movie. Gosh, that was, in my opinion, pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> even though even though Christian Bale's awesome, but uh, but you know, taking all those aside, just read the read directly from the source. Um, Mike had mentioned the the history of Joseph starting the Israelites in uh, in uh, Egypt. That's in Genesis chapter 41. That's an incredible story. And the backstory of Moses, like reading Exodus, go to Exodus chapter two and check out his backstory. It's so, so cool. And maybe as you read the scriptures, um, like Justin or like all of us, God will speak to you and be able to speak into your life as well. Yeah, he does. And I, you know, I think one of the things it's, it's interesting, Justin, you share that because when you share that, it reminds me of a time when I was heading towards ministry I was, God's call was really clear uh, to me. And, uh, and yet um, I really felt inadequate. Um, I didn't speak so good. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I have dyslexia. And so I can't read very well out loud. I mean, my dyslexia is different from other people's, but when it comes to reading, like reading scripture from scripture out loud or, or reciting a poem or things like that, or reading a text, it's really, really difficult for me. I switch things around. And if you ever hear me preach, you'll hear some of those moments. You go, oh, that's Mike's dyslexic thing coming. And also I didn't play guitar either. And I knew as a youth pastor, every youth pastor I knew played guitar. So I, just, yeah. <laughs> I had all these limitations. And, and when I read the story of Moses and I go, and, and when God says, hey, look, I created you. I made your mouth. I made your, all your parts. And yet I'm still calling you to this. Don't worry about that. And here's the key, trust in me. And I think as you walk through this passage, you see, God saying, look, you can trust in me. I'm going to take a, your staff and turn it into a snake. I'm going to take your hand, turn it leprous and then turn it clean again. And I'm going to do these, all these kind of things. Plus I'm going to speak to you through a burning bush. God does all these miraculous things. And he says, look, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to supply what you need. And as we pose the question uh, during the sermon, you know, why does God keep us in our weakness? And I think it's the main reason is so it's not all about us. 
Mm -hmm. We're not supposed to be superhuman. We're supposed to be humans who believe in a super God. And, 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 and God can do the miraculous through us. Paul and his thorn in 2 Corinthians 12, uh, uh, the great story of Paul wanting to have this infirmity, whatever it is, we don't know what it is, taken from him so he could be more useful for the gospel. And yet God says, no, I want you to be and remain in your weakness. And so that's kind of what I've had to say with this horrible reality of this dyslexia, because it just, I just, I got to stay in it. It's just who I am and know that God will compensate for that in some miraculous way. And he does. I mean, I, I you know, I still, I, you know, I, I was a speech communication major in, uh, in college and, you know, I learned how to get around it and, and work through that. But it, it, what it comes down to, and this is, I think, is a really important point from this passage and just in general, is that it comes down to the point where are you going to believe, whether you're going to believe in a miraculous God or not. And it really mm. comes down, you, and you watch this in Moses. He's going, yeah, but God, yeah, but God, yeah, but God. And then finally, verse 18, he goes, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe in God. I'm going to believe in who you are. And you see that belief all the way, rest of the way through his, through his life. And we get these things from scripture. I, I love these scriptures. I, and and, and uh, Carrie, I really want you to put all these scriptures in the show notes as we go through there. Uh, but I want to just read to you some great Bible verses about fear. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from fear. Uh, Psalm 94, 19, when I was anxious, uh, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Um, Psalm 23, a great Psalm that most people have memorized. Verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because why? Because God, you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Uh, Isaiah 43, one, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I've summoned you by my name. And we can go on and on and on. There's hundreds of scriptures about God says, don't fear. And how the answer to fear is belief in a great God. Yeah. I think going off of that, and this speaks to fear, but I think even going back a little bit to the um, reading the Bible, like I love that part where you have these signs, you have three signs, right? The, the stick to the snake, you have the, um, hand and leprosy and then you have the blood and water and then after that moses is like well i can't speak and god says well i made the mouth you know this time with this objection he doesn't um go into he doesn't give him another sign he just gives him good theology like there there's some basic things of um we can be chasing signs um, and God certainly does the miraculous, but sometimes you just need to trust God for who he is and that he's going to take care of you in the moment. And, and you know, so um, when we're fearful, you know, and, and those those passages that you're reading from Psalms, uh, Mike, are reminders that God's faithful, that we may not get the sign. We may not get the deliverance we want. We may not get out of this, but he's still going to be faithful through this. Um, and, you know, being immersed and shaped by the scriptures um, well, well, is another remedy. You know, I, I think I think we can sometimes chase for signs to keep us from being responsible for the things we already know we're responsible for. Right. You know, to use the gifts God's given us to do the things He's called us to do, or to not do the things that we're doing that we shouldn't be doing. <laughs> you know, or whatever the case may be. But those are, um, yeah, that that it that sometimes just clear in the scriptures. You know, so um, and I think that comes into also how 
he's shaped us like the I, I i talked about fear on sunday as well but also i talked about some of the ways that we deal with fear is knowing how god has equipped us to do what he's called us to do so i, I went into the whole saddleback acronym of shape um and that's you know we often take spiritual gifts tests but one of the things we do at neighborhood church is we talk about our shape from time to time and that's more than spiritual gifts. That's just the S part of it. Then the H is the heart. What are those things you have a heart for that you're passionate about? A is your abilities. What are those things that you're good at? The P is your personality. Um, you know, and that will show up. The example I use is if you're if you're going to meet your neighbors as an introvert, it's probably going to be one or two couples at a time and get to know them more slowly. And if you're an extrovert, it, it'll probably be several block parties. You know, either way is good. They're just different. And then the last one's experiences and and oftentimes those painful experiences that can be used in a powerful way to um, to help people along um, in their relationship. Like my wife's a cancer survivor and um, her antenna go out whenever she finds someone who's been diagnosed, she often will reach out to them and those who know her will immediately reach out to her as well. So um, those types of experiences are powerful tools God uses. Those are the staff in our hands, so to speak, you know, um, shepherds have staff, we all have hands and uh, you know, the Nile is abundant in, um, in, in Egypt. And those are the things God did his signs through was ordinary things. And, and he does the same through us and placing us to, to a place where we can do what he's called us to do. So. Yeah. I, I think that's a great point, Justin. We, we see this kind of um, this divine cooperation, um, this, uh, this balance where, you know, in one sense, we see that Moses did come from this being raised in the palace where he knew Egyptian culture, he knew Egyptian politics, he knew how to speak to Egyptian leadership, and yet he was born as an, an ethnic Hebrew and belonged to the Hebrew nation as well. So he was this unique person that was to bridge between the enslaved Hebrew classes and the Egyptian elite to get them to be able to do the exodus and be able to leave. But so we've got, he's got these gifts, he's got these abilities, and yet at the same time, he's saying, no, I, I've got this stutter, I've got all these objections, I've got all these limitations, I can't do it. And God says, well, I have equipped you, shape, but also, um, it's going to be about me. It's gonna, like Mike yeah. was saying, the miraculous, it's not sure. just your gifts, it's me and I'm going to bring you through. So I think it's a good balance to talk about how yes, we need to make sure it's not all about us. It's not that, oh, I'm this rising star leader, so I'm going to be able to carry this off on my own. No, it's God that causes the growth. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, God does equip each one of us with gifts to and, and heart and ability and personality and experience, like you mentioned yeah. in the SHAPE acronym, to use. So I would encourage you guys, um, you know, Justin did mention shape. If you guys do want to check out again, neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive, we are going to have the shape survey online linked there. If you'd like to take that all, everyone who becomes a member of um, neighborhood church, uh, we always go through our welcome to the family class and everyone gets to take the shape survey and kind of figure out where has God equipped me. And so um if you, uh, if you'd honestly, if you'd like to become a member of Neighborhood Church, just a shameless plug, sign up for a Welcome to the Family <laughs> class. You can email Carrie at neighborhoodchurch.com. We'd love to answer your questions and help enfold you into the family and get you, help you feel like you belong here. But even if that's not the case for you at this moment, you just like to take the shape survey independently. We'll link that in our show notes, quote unquote, down there below. Um, uh, you know, let me just jump on something too. I, I, I want to be able to talk about this. Sometimes, you know, we, we do get down on Moses because, you know, he he did get to a point where he did tick God off 
And uh, that's a whole other discussion. I, and, but, but one of the things I, I think it's to understand is that you, you notice how wonderful God was to answer Moses's questions. And mm. God does yeah. reason with us. I mean, we, we may, you know, it's not like, you know, God says, go do this. And we go, okay, you're right. I'm jumping on it. You know, we may not be that kind of personality. We may be the kind of personality that needs to reason through some things and take some time to, to process through. And so you almost see a good example of a process with Moses and God as they walk through the things that God asks because God does ask us. He asks us to engage our community, you know, to love our neighbors, to, to do good works, to, to care about people, to pray for people, to encourage people, to love people, to all those one another's in scripture, to bear one another's burdens. It's all through scripture, how God wants us to, to, to engage our world. And, and yet he will work with us and, and we need to have that interactive time with him where we're saying, God, you know, I don't get this. And then he answers. And then I don't get this, God, and he answers. And he will walk you through a process as you process through what God would have you to do. And it's not that he always has some big grandiose thing he's got for us to do, but, but, but he wants us to reason with him and have that interactive peace with him. And I think that's an important point to really pull out of this and spend some time with that and, and be okay with our process as we interact with God. Now we do have to eventually get on with it. Like verse 18, Moses gets on with his call and we have to can't elongate this for, you know, years and years and years, waiting and waiting, waiting. God does want us to move. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, and, and coming back to, again, that engaging with our neighbors, with our community, that is the call. That is the great commission to go forth and spread God's kingdom. And it, it starts with engagement. And you're right. I think about when I'm thinking about engaging with my neighbors and, uh, you know, other folks that I know and the friends that I'm connected with, gosh, when I share the people that I I'm feeling called to engage with, with my life group, i suddenly feel a lot more accountable to actually do it. <laughs> I feel like, Oh man, or even with a close friend or someone that, Oh man, they'll, they're going to ask me next week. If I reached out to that neighbor, I told them about that God was calling me to. Wow. So suddenly it helps motivate me a little bit more. And I, I, I look back at Exodus four and I see how, you know, Moses has his objections and his limitations that he shares back with God and how gracious God is. Like you were saying, Mike, to respond back and answer his questions. And he says at one point that, um, well, hey, I'm going to send Aaron uh, to you. And Aaron, your brother's going to come and he's going to help be a mouthpiece for you before Pharaoh and the Egyptian leadership. And so Moses is not alone in this. It's not Moses taking on the world in some kind of hyper-Western individualistic, he's the one guy doing it all. Moses has a, a cadre of people around him. And one of them is Aaron, who's using his unique gifts as a speaker to help Moses out. And so I think for us uh, today, for those of you listening to this podcast episode, who are those people around you that can be that support? Maybe it is your life group, and maybe uh, it is a small group Bible study, or maybe if you don't have a life group, go ahead and join one. I'd love to connect you with one or some people, or maybe it's just a good trusted Christian friend that can say, hey, um, you know, how's that been going reaching out to your coworker? And how's that been reaching out to your cousin that doesn't know the Lord yet? Um, that you guys can, we can help each other to engage and fire each other up. I feel a little deceived. I think you've turned this into a long commercial for the ministries you lead, Carrie. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just see God working. As life group angle, you're you're welcome to the family. God, no, um, <laughs> no. I think that's that's critical. I want to go back real quick to something Mike 
um, said with, with God walking through with Moses, like the only time God gets mad is when Moses throws his tantrum and just says, no, I'm not going to do it. Send someone else. You know, like when reason left and the dialogue left, that's when God kind of said, okay, this is done. I'm putting, I'm going to give you one last concession. Here's Aaron, but it's time to go, you know? And so I think that was, uh, I thought that was, that was just fascinating to me. I always pictured God getting uh, like a cartoon almost, you know, where the temperature goes up on whatever cartoon character is about to lose his temper. That's how I've always thought of this passage. And I'm like, that's not how it is. As, as you look at it, it's like God's with him, with him, with him. And then uh, Moses snaps. And so God has to, you know, Moses goes into toddler mode. And so he had to be redirected toddler mode um, mm. in the sense of, no, you just need to yeah. do this. Um, yeah. So when I'm, we, when we stiff arm God, it's not yeah. a good thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and I, I, you know, to your point also carry on the, the life group thing Like we have a group where we're, we're doing some discipleship stuff and trying to implement some of what Mike was talking about last week, um, in the message on Abraham with, you know, how we bless people. And that's a, it's a challenging thing, um, to be intentional on that, but that's, you know, that's what God's called us. He's called us to less to engage the world around us. And, and that accountability is really helpful. And sometimes it's a bummer. Cause you're like, man, I didn't do it, but we don't beat each other down. We just say, okay, well, you know, how do we, how do we, let's do it again next week. Let's try again next week and keep encouraging each other. And then we hear stories of victories and those build their own momentum. So, um, yeah, that those relationships and, and helping each other and spurring each other on towards loving good deeds is, is a really powerful thing. Awesome. Yeah, man, this has been great. You guys, it's so good being back. It's good hearing from you. And it's really great seeing how these truths from just, you know, centuries ago can still really influence how we're called to live and walk with God today, man. It's been great. Thanks again, Justin and Mike for, for joining us here on the revive podcast. And, and thank you, all of our listeners, for, for joining us here again. If you found this episode helpful, share it with a friend. And to learn more about Moses' journey with God and all the topics we've talked about today, go ahead and check out, again, neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram or on our Neighborhood Church of Cyprus and Neighborhood Church of Los Alamitos YouTube channels. We would encourage you to keep reviving your soul by subscribing to this Neighborhood Church podcast on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you have questions that pop up right now or later, write us at connect at neighborhoodchurch.com. We hope to see you next time. And until then, we pray that God continues to revive your soul.